Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. how this is going to go, because I about can't stand already. I feel the new wine. Father, I feel that our hearts have been so yielded to you this morning. Your presence is so real. And it's so, so good. You're such a good, good father. Take these words, God, and penetrate. Hit deep in our hearts. Cause your word today not to return void in our life. And cause a hundredfold return for your kingdom and for your sake. In Jesus' name. Ah, This is not part of my message, but I heard... We were singing about the new wine, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord also say about new things that for many of you, it is a complete brand new day. And I felt like as you stepped in and received that word of the Lord over you through the songs, that even that I'm giving you even a new year. I know according to the natural calendar, that's not true, but in the Spirit, it feels like it's a new year. I have no idea what that means. I just hear the Spirit of God say that. And I just felt like old things are passed away in your life. And I'm giving you a new heart and a new, new, new eyes to see, new ears to hear. And I'm even releasing and causing you to have new perspective in this season. For you have truly have stepped into a new season I felt like there's the beginning of the greatest outpouring that is being birthed, that has been released on the earth. And that this is the beginning of the beginnings of what even the book of Acts was never finished. I felt like, you know, many times when I read that book, it's just like, wow, God, if you can do it then in the early church, you sure can do it now. And he promised us that in so many areas in the word and so many times in scriptures that, you know, as you see the former things that in the latter day rain will be poured out upon us in great measure. And I felt like there's new glasses that God was giving us so that we could see his heart and encounter his heart. Father, we thank you for that. If I get wobbly, it's because I feel wobbly. I don't know where to start. I got a lot that God given me yesterday, but oh, there's some deep waters that we've stepping into, and it's so, so good. I also felt like there was a washing of the word that was going on while we were while we were worshiping, like the word of God that was planted in our hearts was washing us fresh and anew. It was it was cleansing us fresh and anew. It was preparing us for this season to be so so uh, encounter his his all that he is and all that he has made available for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Jesus, help me.
I love what God is doing in the midst of our body. We weren't here last Sunday, but watching it online and or afterwards and so many uh, commitments uh, through baptism and felt in that that there was such a, uh, uh, a new season for those that have decided to follow Jesus. And I'm just so proud of each of you. And as leaders and leadership team here at GLCF, we're so proud of you. And I just felt like God is so proud of your steps that you've taken to come to that point to surrender your heart, but also to allow him to be Lord of your lives. And so I just want to thank you for for allowing that to happen and, and yielding yourself to that. Well, my message of today, and I'm sorry, Pastor Katie, I didn't get the notes to you. Um, is how do we stay strong in the Lord and also walk and demonstrate the power of his might? And um, how do we strengthen ourselves in the Lord and demonstrate and walk in the life and the power of his might? And I believe that each of us would probably have a different answer if I'd have time to ask and personally sit down with you. But however, there's fundamental and foundational truths that I believe can strengthen our faith so that we can walk in the power of his might. One of the enemy's targets in the past years, last few years, is to weary the saints and... um, I believe that the Lord, like never before, is redeeming the time and he's also causing us to have new life in a fresh new way. And so I believe that it's a time to be wise as serpent and harmless as doves and as gentle as the Holy Spirit instructs us, but as strong in the faith like never before. So I believe the number one thing that is very important, and this is just some really fundamental truths, and I know you know this, but I want to look at a couple um, people in the Bible of how they stayed strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And how do we stay strong in him? How do we walk in the power of his might? And one of the things is to pursue and search and continue to hunger and thirst for the word and of the living God. Now, I'm going to, if you have a minute, um, uh, everybody's probably wondering why I brought this hat. I'm not planning on wearing this hat, but I asked Miss Rosa if she would help me preach today. And so, you want to come on up, Miss Rosa? So, um, here, I'll give you the hat. And... um, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look, look, it's alive, it's alive. The Bible is alive. Praise the Lord, it's alive, it's alive. Not today, not tomorrow, forever. Forever, that is forever, a long time. Forever, it's a long time. It's alive. Can I get an amen? Yeah, come on. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Rosa. Come on, let's give her a big hand. It truly is alive. Woo, I feel alive. Woo. One of my first mission trips, um, a minister shared how he was from Chicago, had a church in Chicago, and it was a trip in Israel, and we were, uh, there was about 12 or 13 of us, and we went to go minister to um, uh, different homes, but but especially uh, the widows. That was the whole focus, was to minister to the widows, and and um, this minister would minister us about 15 minutes, sometimes a half an hour before we go into the, into, into the homes to minister. And there's a couple things I never forget. 
One was how the hospitality of of, of the people, the Jewish people were. I mean, they just, had, they, we, we, it was very uh, important that we would receive some of their food that they, they gave us, even though we might have just ate something at the other house, you know. And it was like, whoa. And uh, thank goodness the food wasn't like heavy, you know, but at least you take a bite because it was very dishonorable, uh, dishonorable for not to receive their food. And so uh, one of the mornings that... Um, the minister that ministered to us before we go into the homes, he said that the Lord gave him an idea about his church one day, and he said he'd go out in the streets of Chicago, and he'd take his hat, and he'd take his Bible, and he'd wait and pray and ask the Lord when, and God would instruct him when to lay the Bible on the street corner, put his hat over it, and jump up and down and shout, It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! And um, once he had a crowd, and once there was a crowd around him, he would take the hat off the Bible and pick the Bible up and preach the Word of God, and he had many salvations come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ooh! So you talk a Yeah, amen. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, just felt I needed to demonstrate it today. You know, do we really believe that it is alive and it's, it's part of um, the, the written word of God that transforms us into the image and likeness of Jesus? Do we believe that? Mm. Do we believe that it's so alive that it will cause us to do things just like that preacher did, you know, to reach how creative that is and just how simple that was to be able to, you know, to preach the gospel and to share the word of God. I mean, I just, I just, I never forgot it. 25 years later, I just never forgot it. And so yesterday when I was preparing the message, the Lord reminded me of that, and I thought, well, that's a good illustration. I can do that. <laughs> well, let's go to 1 Samuel 30. And um, uh, in 30 and verse uh, 1 to 6, and we're going to talk uh, about David uh, a little bit, and we're going to talk about how greatly he was, he was distressed, and um, we're going to look at some of, the, uh, some of the scriptures there concerning how he inquired of the Lord uh, and how the battles were raging in his life, and I think that many a times that uh, we can we see the battles that are raging in front of us, and uh, many times um, we can get discouraged. We can get hopeless. We can have fear. We can have to, we can have anxiety and things that uh, we're just not sure of. And um, sometimes we don't know how to face or to walk through uh, those battles that we're facing. And I think many a times. Um, we can so easily yield to uh, taking the wrong approach and how to be uh, how to overcome those battles or challenges that we're facing, and um, and I want to just look at this scripture because it's so such a powerful word and it's just so refreshing to see what David did uh, concerning um, uh, now it's uh, uh, concerning uh, his war or his fight against the Amalekites. And I think that, you know, there's many different ites in our lives um, and many different battles that, um, that, we, that we not just face, but that God wants us to be uh, overcoming in so many ways. And we just, again, we, we're, we're, we're seeking and searching after him and longing after him. And, um, and yet so many times uh, we, we're just not sure the route that we're supposed to go. And I'm sorry, I can't find it in my... <laughs> First um, Samuel 30. Now it happened when David and his men came to Siglag, and I'm in First Samuel 30, verse 6. And um, we're talking about how David um, pursued the Amalites and how he strengthened himself in the Lord. And when David and his men came to Siglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Siglag attacked Siglag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were, were there from small to great, 
they, had, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burnt with fire, and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. And David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no power to weep. Boy, you talk about distressed. You talk about discouraged. You talk about feeling hopeless. I mean, you talk about a war. And David's two, two wives um, had been also taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. I don't know about you, but I've never been stoned. I hope I never need to be stoned. But, you know, other people in the Bible have also been stoned. But, that, I mean, that's some real persecution. And because of the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, that's a, such a powerful, powerful scripture. So in the middle of his distress, in his middle of his discouragement, in his middle of his battle, and things were raging, his wives were taken, everything looked like it was never going to overcome anything. How do you think, why do you think, at that moment, that David strengthened himself in the Lord? I believe we can see that throughout the scriptures, David was a psalmist. And I believe, I believe he got into worship. I believe he got into praising. I believe he got into lifting his name. It doesn't say. But because of David's heart after God and all the other scriptures and psalms that he's written, it's very, very likely that's how he did and what he did. But what I want to really get to was in verse 8. 1 Samuel 38, he says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, without fail, recover all. Now, how many times have we gone to the Lord and we have said, God, this battle is big. Uh, this struggle is hard. I can't overcome. Or we say what the battle is. And we're confessing that from our mouth instead of going and strengthening ourselves in the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with committing and submitting ourselves to the Lord and doing all that. But the point is that David went and strengthened himself first, and then he made his request known. How many times we cry out to God, we make our requests known, and the battles are still raging? It's not that he hasn't heard. It's not that he hasn't seen what's going on. But truly, he strengthened himself first in the Lord, and then he required of the Lord. Do you follow? And it's important to see that he not just overcame, but he recovered all. Recovered all. That's amazing. All because he strengthened himself in the Lord. And I believe that there is such a time like never before where we have got to stay strong and in the power of his might. We must arise and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's made available for us. There we go. So can we see the importance of strengthening ourselves in the Lord so we can get his counsel and, him and his wisdom to face our enemies or enemy and overtake and recover all? This is our time like never before to strengthen ourselves in the Lord and inquire of him to pursue so we can pursue the enemy and then we can overtake the enemy without fail. Why does God want us victorious in our lives? Because we are not losers. And God sees us as winners. 
that we've already won in Christ. We, we are winners. Say to your neighbor, I'm a winner. I've already won. Come on. He wants us winners because we're on the winning side. You know, when I was a kid, there was many times we did, we raced. You know, we had a race. You know, you had somebody say, one, two, three, go. And you'd run as fast as you could, right? Why? Because you wanted to win. You wanted to get to the end of that rope and, yeah, I got there first. I'm a winner, right? And everybody cheered. Well, that's how it was for me growing up. When I was a kid, many times in school, um, I wasn't always the fastest runner, but I would still try to win, right? And when I got older, um, I didn't have a car. I had a horse and a buggy. So I wanted to have the fastest horse I could get. Always. Always had to have the fastest horse. Why? Because I wanted to win. And um, I remember the very first date that I had with Miss Rachel almost 40 years ago. And uh, I bought a brand new horse against my mom's will. She told me not to buy that horse. And I did anyway because I wanted to have the fastest, the nicest, the most eloquent looking horse to go see Miss Rachel. I wanted to win. I wanted to win her heart. And I obviously did after 35 years. Six beautiful babies, three married, two grandbabies. Life is really, really good. I'm so proud of you, babes. I'm so proud of each of our kids. But you got to understand something. That I wanted to pursue her, so I wanted to make sure it's the most eloquent horse. And after I won her heart, or I thought I did, the horse that I first used to go see her on my first date, a friend of mine gave him some hay that was moldy, and it died. So I said, well, I got to go with my uncle. He was, uh, he was a horse dealer. And uh, I would go with him uh, to, the, to the racetrack in New York and buy racehorses. So I would get the inside scoop on the previous owner, and I'd say, hey, uh, what's the deal with this horse? I really like that one. And he'd tell me how fast and how many times he won, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. So I, <laughs> I bought the biggest, the fastest, the tallest black-looking mare you could buy. And um, by that time, we were already dating regularly, and this horse, I kid you not, we would have races with my friends. And my friends knew every time when I'd buy a new horse, they would say, I'm going to beat you. And I'd say, uh, I don't think so. But they try anyway. And uh, I, I still have marks in my finger from uh, like a callus from hanging on to a horse. And there was many times Miss Rachel had to help me because that horse was a winner. I'm just giving you a scenario. But I'm telling you, it's important that we see ourselves like God sees us. It's important that we see ourselves like God the Father sees us. Why? So that we can demonstrate who He is. I demonstrated my love for this beautiful woman by having a horse that could win. And many times, I, I had not, and I know, I, 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 she could tell you some stories. But there was times where we would hang on for dear life, and the horse would go so fast that it literally took up the whole road just because the horse was going so fast. And I had an oometer in my carriage, and it would tell me how fast I'm going. Well, there's many a times we hit over 30 miles an hour. Now, that's pretty fast when you have a carriage. Actually, pretty dangerous. <laughs> and there was one time after we were married, I still had a horse that could wean. I still wanted the fastest horse. Even after I was married, I way wrong her heart. And Catherine was a baby, and we, we were trying to get home, and the horse knew he was going home. 
And I kid you not, we could not stop that horse just the last bend before we got into our driveway on the road. We could not slow down. I was doing over about 31 miles an hour. I couldn't stop that horse if I tried. Now, we had hydraulic brakes, and so you would, you know, tap it, and, you know, you could actually get to the point where the, the tires would squeal, would, would slide, right? And, and, and you'd think you'd stop that horse or slow him down. No way, Jose. He's a winner. He's going to go for it. He's, go, he's going home. And we, we, we went so fast around the turn, we ran over uh, a hump and into a field, into a hay field, and it literally tipped the carriage on the side and, and knocked the horse out. And we were fine. And uh, the horse laid there until we got out of there, and um, he never stood up till we were all safe and out of there. So I decided from that point on, I think my racing days are over. <laughs> so uh, I thought yeah, my racing days are over. So I traded all those in for a Toyotas today, anyway. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Anyway, it's... it's um, one of, the, one of the things that I believe that is uh, so, so real in our hearts and our lives is that we have come to the place and we know that we know that God has given us an inheritance. We know that he has inheritance made available for his kids and that as we uh, see who the Father is and, see who, and walk in him as he sees us, he has an inheritance made available for us. And the enemy doesn't want us to rightfully have that and, rightful, and righteously walk in that. And so that's the other battle that uh, many of you, I feel like, are facing. And that's why you must see that you're winners and that you're overcomers and that you're victorious in Christ because he is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He has equipped you for great victory, not just merely breakthroughs, but to release and establish the dominion of God around you. It's not what I can get or what I have or not have or have responsibilities of in this world, but it's what I can give and what, is, and what is my distribution to the kingdom on this earth so I can establish his kingship and his lordship. However, it's our responsibility to use the principles and the tools to bring strength to ourselves so that we can stand in victory in every area of our life. The Holy Spirit gives us invitations, constantly inviting us, to walk deeper and walk closer and become more like Christ so that we can be found in a place of victory, in a place of favor, where we're co-laboring with Christ and making history for the kingdom as sons and daughters. He has called us to be history makers and world changers. Do you know now why you need to have the power of his might? Because we can't do that in our own strength. We can't do it in our own will. We can't do it in our own flesh. We must have the Holy Spirit to empower us, to train us, to equip us. I heard the Holy Spirit since 2000, and, well, since 2020, at least three times, at least three times, that he's going to turn things around. And I believe with all of my heart that we're in that season like never before in this nation and in the body of Christ, that we are going to see a turnaround. Amen. And that's another reason why we must strengthen ourselves in the Lord and in the power of his might so that our internal reality becomes defined by the nature of our external reality. Because we're world changers. You're world changers. Say, I am. A world, a world changer. Strengthening myself in the Lord is an essential part of stewarding our hearts. In other words, I can receive strength from the Lord by establishing foundational truths in my thinking. Proverbs, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our heart is the seed of our mind. Our imaginations, our will, our desire, our emotions affections, our memories, our conscience. Our heart is what enables us to have faith. The enemy uses lies to make problems bigger than the solutions that we carry. Oh, I forgot all over that one. <laughs> the enemy uses lies 
to make problems bigger than the solutions that we carry inside of us. I believe and I declare, and I just know that I know, that God is going to turn things around in your life, in the body of Christ, and in this nation. I heard a prophecy from back in 2012 from Chris Valentin, and it was such a powerful word, and I thought, wow, God, why would he say that? And I believe that we're, we're, we're at the beginning stages of this word, and he was talking about Pennsylvania, and that Pennsylvania is a key state for what I want to do on the earth, and that it will so impact the rest of the states in the United States. I believe that we're, we're stepping into this season. That the best is yet to come. I remember when God gave me that word, that the best is yet to come for those that believe in him, that are walking in him, that are, that are believers. For the world, it's the, it's the worst of times. But for us in the kingdom, it's the best of times. There is no greater time than now. The other thing that Chris Valentin prophesied was that there was going to come a time when it was going to look like the Constitution was going to be destroyed. But God was going to come through for this nation. I believe we're there. You know, and sometimes we have to, we have to look at, God, what is it that I need to do to strengthen myself in the Lord concerning this nation? You know, and I just, I don't know. I, I like watching war movies. And the other weekend when we were, uh, last weekend when we were on vacation, I watched uh, the movie 12 Strong. And I was so encouraged. If God can turn it around in 2001, and God used 12 men to go destroy the enemy and overtake the enemy, boy, that brought so much courage to my heart. If he can do it then, he can do it now. I felt the Holy Spirit just saying there was a door open that the enemy used that caused that to happen. Now, I don't understand that. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying, sons and daughters, rise and close that door. So we just, by faith, Father, we just declare that door to be shut. Every door that the enemy had tried to open in 2001 and 9-11, every way that the enemy came in by, uh, by any, uh, anybody uh, from, um, uh, in any way, Lord. I'm not going to bring out names, but Lord, Father God, you know who they are, and you know how it was done. And so we declare that the door is shut, and the enemy no longer have a legal right in our nation to stand against and to cause this nation to fail in the name of Jesus. And we declare that we are overcomers, and we will overtake, and we will pursue, and we will inquire of the Lord. Amen. That's why we must be strong in the power of His might. We cannot pull back. We must press forward. The third key to strengthen ourselves in the Lord is knowing our identity in Christ and allowing and reminding ourselves daily that Christ has a dwelling place in us. Staying connected to our destiny and purpose will strengthen us in the Lord in the power of His might. God the Father, by His Spirit, wants us to have a permanent dwelling place in us. It's a permanent dwelling place in me, the hope of glory. Having a relationship with the Father is life-changing. He's the one that causes us to walk in our inheritance. And that's a whole other message. That's a whole other subject. But I just want to put it out there for food of thought. Having a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit gives you passion, gives you fire. It gives you... um, and a, das, like a, a, a zeal, you know. But, but having a relationship with the Father brings you into a purpose of inheritance and completion and a fullness that you can't get any other way. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Ephesians 2, uh, 19 and to 22, I want to talk about Paul and just look at how Paul was an overcomer and how he... Um, 
uh, overcame all his op- part of how he overcame all his obstacles. And uh, one of the things that I love about Paul's writings is that he, a lot of his writings, I feel so many times, are, um, um, are um, concerning the church, making intercession, uh, warring on the behalf of the saints. Uh, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, I, I have, the Lord has not allowed me to read much past Ephesians all summer. I don't know why, but I, I have, I've got to, I've really fell in love with the book of Ephesians, and I just have so enjoyed it. And um, I have just pressed into it like never before because I believe there's something there that will cause us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I believe that for each of us. And I, I, I love each of you so much. I pray for you every day. Sometimes throughout the day, the Lord reminds me, pray for him again and, and speak the word of the Lord over them again. And so for years and years, I've just, uh, you know, one of the things that I do every morning is, is lift up our pastors, lift up our apostles, lift, lift up our spiritual mothers and fathers and, and our leaders and our body here at Giving Light. And I believe that this is just the beginning of the light of God to shine in us and shine through us to advance his kingdom on the face of the earth. Are we in Ephesians 3? Oh, sorry, 2. I said Ephesians 2. 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built up on the foundations of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into the holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also to be built together for a dwelling place in the Spirit. Wow, that's amazing. Paul is telling us that God wants a dwelling place in us, and we must, and it's important for us to make room for him, and that he will continue to allow to remodel this room. <laughs> to remodel this room, this vessel. You know, we're, 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 God wants his whole spirit, soul, and body, but I don't know about you, I'm not all there yet. I'm all here, but I'm not all there. Does that make sense? I never said that before, but that, you know. Yeah. So, because we are in a continual process, this vessel is under construction. And it's okay. It's okay. Why? Because he's the builder. And he'll make all things new. He'll make all things right. And the reason that it's okay is because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's go to Ephesians 3. In verse 14. Paul's saying here, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. What's he saying here? Why would I bow my knee to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ? And I think here... The bowing isn't necessarily uh, a physical bowing, even though um, it could be, and it, and it can be. But I believe the bowing here, and what I've read and studied, is that it has a it, it's it, it has a posture of our hearts of submission and reverence and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ, that He would grant us His riches according to His glory. So. In 16, it says that, he says that he would grant us, according to his riches and glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, being rooted and grounded in love, that, he, that we could comprehend what is the biggest width and length and depth of God's heart, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we could be filled with all the fullness of God. How important it is to walk in the fullness of God, the overflow of God daily. How do we do that? How do we press into God and yield to him in that degree? Again, the posture that Paul's talking about here is a submission and a reverence and, and yielding our hearts to that way, in that way. Our passionate 
How passionate are we for the truth of God's word and walk out our salvation and demonstrate his presence and his goodness. So the importance of having that posture of submission and reverence so that he could grant his riches according to his glory. His, that he could grant us his riches. He wants to grant us his riches. His riches are, are priceless. His riches are precious. His riches are marvelous. We must be lovers of God or choose to be lovers of God and lovers of his word and embrace his truth for us to demonstrate his power, his might, and his presence. The truth is that every believer has constant access to the manifest presence of God. We are, say, I am, in an open heaven. So to strengthen myself in the Lord and to walk in the power of his might, we, one of the most key things is to minister to the Lord. When we minister to the Lord and praise him, it costs us something. It's called time. It's called energy. It's called breath. It requires us to agree that our life is not really about us. It's all about Jesus. We need to be full of faith to rejoice. Thanksgiving and praise are tools also to strengthen ourselves in the Lord because they connect us to our primary purpose, that it is his minister to him in worship. Worship brings us into his presence, and true worship is something that often happens in a place of communion with his presence. In worship, the sacrifice is no longer physical expression or verbal decorations because we become the sacrifice. And we are the sacrifice because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. And then fire falls on this sacrifice. Fire falls on this vessel. And we cannot help but change and become the image and likeness of Jesus. This morning, there was such a presence here that we just wanted to be like Jesus. We choose to wanting to be like Jesus. Well, that brings such honor, such glory to his name. We always see that Jesus is always the ultimate sacrifice. But when we choose to come into such a place of communion and unity with him in his presence, we become that fire that can fall on this living vessel, and we become the sacrifice. Does that make sense? The Word of God also tells us really clear that in His presence is the fullness of joy. Is joy not a major part of God's kingdom? The enemy has done overtime, way too much overtime, in robbing the body of Christ the last few years of joy and peace in His presence. Joy will also strengthen our hearts in the Lord and help us to walk in the power of His might. I've gotten so much deliverance in years past from the joy of the Lord coming over my life. I mean, just tremendous things that got broken off of me in the midst of joy. I got free from a religious spirit. It was incredible. I was on the floor and I was laughing uncontrollably. And I felt something leave me. And I said, God, what was that? Because I just delivered you from a stronghold of religion. I'm like, glory to God. You know, all I could do was uncontrollably laugh. I mean, it was, I couldn't stop it. It's good. I believe many of us have maintained our faith in him well. But the question that I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, do you want to walk in the power of his might and demonstrate his presence and his goodness wherever we go? Paul mentions in in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, how to also be strong in the Lord and the power of his might by putting on the armor of God, which for the sake of time, we won't go there today. But we can, st- we can stand for truth and we can fight for truth and we can walk for truth when we apply and walk in the, and, and receive in the armor of God. I believe, I told our children from, uh, from, 
for years that it's as important to apply the armor as it is to put on your natural clothes. If you want to be a warrior and a fighter for, in the kingdom of God and you want to see the enemy bow and you want to see uh, uh, victory in your life and you want to see uh, and overcome not just the things of your life but for others and for the land and for the things that God's called you to do, it's, it's very important to have every part of that armor on every single day. And it's like what Papa Steve always said, we must appropriate the blood of Christ. We must appropriate the word of God. We must appropriate the, 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 the armor of God. It's there for us. It's weapons of warfare that we can use to fight and to overtake the enemy. It takes time spending in his presence to see the Father's heart and encounter the Father's heart and the Father's love because in his presence there is fullness of joy. You know, one of, one of the things I love about Ephesians 2, when it talks about the apostolic and the prophetic, and it talks about the fivefold ministry, is that God is one of the things that God is doing new in the earth today concerning that is he's raising up fathers and mothers to raise up sons and daughters to become fathers and mothers. And there's a move going on um, very strong apostolically in that way. And I, I just love to see what God is doing in that department because in that area, because I find that one of the things that strengthens me in the Lord is to give what God has given me. Did you hear me? To give what God has given me to others out of the overflow, not out of what he might be teaching me at the moment, but out of the overflow. And I, get a, I have a real passion for the young generation. God has given me a heart for the young generation. And I, I've always was good friends with my kids' friends. But there was something shifted in me uh, when Linda Stolzfus was taken in our community and was obviously then found dead. And um, we, had, we had prayer uh, numerous times and worship numerous times in our community for her because nobody could find her. They had teams out for weeks and months, you know, at a time to try to find her body. And they did then find it, but it was already deceased. And, um, but in the midst of that time, there was many areas in our community that there was worship and prayer. And we were, we were really, um, God was using it to bring, the, bring unity in our community in a, in a new way. And I remember one, one evening, one Sunday evening, I was... I went to the where they had worship, and um, they were having like a couple songs of worship, and then they would have prayer, a couple songs of worship, and then they had prayer. And I was asked to do a prayer, and I said, God, I don't know what to pray. I've never lost a child. I don't know how. What's your heart concerning this? And as I got the mic to pray, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, this is what needs, you need to pray. Pray that the hearts of the fathers would turn to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I smite the land with a curse. And he also took, took it into um, uh, the New Testament. Matthew also brings that scripture back up again. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, would you be one of those fathers? And I about choked in the middle of prayer because I had no idea what he meant. I had no idea what I was saying. I was just praying the heart of the Father. And then about six months later, I heard the Lord tell me again on the way home from Florida in the plane, would you be one of those fathers? You see, when we started coming here to church 20 years ago, Mama Melody prophesied to me, to us. First time we were here, Rachel was pregnant with Deborah. Deborah would be 20 in February. And she prophesied to us that something that just mm, never forget. And she goes, Reuben, there'll be a day when you will say it was all well worth it. I can look back and I can say it was all well worth it. And then she prophesied over me that you, were, you have a dual anointing in your life. And I was like, what in the world does that mean? It messed me up. And I went home praying and seeking God. What is that? Like, what does that look like? 
So I called her up. And I said, could you explain what you just prophesied over me? Because I am clueless. What she spoke to me was part of my identity. That God has called me in the marketplace, but he's also called me to have a voice. And for years, the enemy tried to rob my influence. Till one day, about six years ago, she said, Ruben, you are an influencer in your community and in your sphere of influence. And that's why the enemy has so hard been, for years, been trying to take you out. Well, I made a vow to God. I said, I will no longer be silent. I will no longer be silent. Because I don't come to you like Paul said. I I don't come to you with elegant words. I have an eighth grade education. And I desire to have more education. And I'm not blaming my upbringing that only had eighth grade education. But it doesn't take an educated mind for the Spirit of God to use you. It takes a willing and a yielding and a submitted heart. And I'm telling you, these beautiful pastors became my spiritual fathers and mothers. And God spoke to my heart one day coming home from church. He goes, that's what's missing in the body of Christ. This is 18 years ago I heard God say, that's what's missing in the body of Christ today is there's no spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. One of the things that's missing. And the people, my people are running to and fro. Because just as I created natural man and the natural father, the natural mother in the home, so I created that in the body of Christ. You see, and yes, we have that in this house. But would you go out and be what God's called you to be? And be a vessel of honor to be able to train and equip and to just share what God is doing in your heart and your life. But press into more than that, that you could bring an overflow and bring transformation. Because I believe that this is a season of great transformation. I do. God is transforming us more and more. When we get into his glory like we did this morning, that causes transformation to happen. Can I get an amen? amen? Just got one. God is rejoicing over us. He delights in us. And we have a choice to delight ourselves in Him. So, in closing, I know I went over a little bit. Uh, let's just make this decoration together. <clears throat> By faith, let's say this. I choose to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might every day in Jesus' name. I bless you.